Welcome back to Rerouting When Life Takes a Turn, where our mantra is sharing releases shame. This week, we are talking about parenting and boundaries. Um, specifically, I'd like to talk about how to parent older kids that are like going out on their own, like in first college, time. first timers in college and high school and things, you know, uh, sexuality and dating and virgins. So, yeah, because it's kind of relevant to where I'm at in my life now. So there's a lot to deconstruct and a lot to talk about. So let's get into it. So one question or something that's been on my mind a lot lately, because I have a, a child who's in college and I have a child who is a teenager in high school who is a sophomore, soon to be a junior in high school. So obviously there's a lot of... Hormones. You know, yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of hormones. There's a lot of different things that go on during that time. Like Spider-Man is so cute. <laughs> so when <laughs> I was growing up, I mean, the whole thing was just basically don't think about sex. Don't talk about sex. Our bodies are something to be controlled. Right. Wonderland is what it is. <laughs> I feel like you're not going to be helpful well, in this conversation. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, body. I'm just going to put in my two cents. Everybody. Okay, put in your two cents. Because <laughs> I didn't. I didn't have that same restriction, put it that way. When you were 13, your mom was giving you condoms. Yeah. When I was 13, I was being shamed for liking boys and <laughs> thinking they were cute. <laughs> okay. Mm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Bodies are made to be controlled. Our human urges yeah, are made are. to be controlled. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's that's it. Don't have sex till you're married basically is you know is is the message That's the concept yeah but I mean. right but now that i have kids that are older i feel woefully unprepared to help them navigate th this part in their lives in a practical way because abstinence isn't necessarily practical yeah it's not gonna happen it's not okay. i mean <laughs> maybe it will i do know people who Wait till they're married to have sex. But that isn't a guarantee that, you know, just because you're taught that doesn't mean that's what's going to happen. I mean, I was taught that. But it didn't happen. Of course right? it did. And I was taught that and it didn't happen. So that's yeah, why no, I'm saying like not. it's more important to teach our kids practical solutions and give them practical advice than to just assume that, hey, if we teach them abstinence, that's what they're going to do. You know? I mean, I don't ever believe that's what's going to happen, but... Do you feel like uh, the communication corridors aren't open? With me personally? Or with your kids to you about the, such matters? Um, I mean, I, I would say it's probably 50-50 because when, since they were born up until two years ago, maybe the the idea was don't have sex until you're married. Mm -hmm. So I feel like that has been drilled into them through church and through teachings at home. One of your children. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I don't, you know, I don't feel like I've laid that foundation. I mean, I've tried to be, ha, create a relationship with them where they feel comfortable talking to me, but I've also at the same time created an environment where sex was not to happen until you were married. So I feel like it's kind of a, a toss up, you know, because 
those those years, those early years, right. those are formative years. They have a huge impact. They still think the stork comes. <laughs> no, <laughs> but Santa Claus brings babies. <laughs> they, yeah, Santa Claus. It's a gift. <laughs> they, um, I'm sure that there's this two sides, right? So in the last just couple of years, I've been a lot tried to be a lot more open about sexuality and being safe and practicing safe sex more so than saying don't have sex. But yeah, two yeah. years compared yeah. to, you know, 10 or however long it's been since they I were born. I you were on an abstinence train. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's hard to reverse. So, I mean, I, I don't think I'm the only person, you know, who is deconstructing their religion or their Christianity that probably struggles or has questions or isn't quite sure how to navigate this whole thing or feels unprepared to help their children navigate their sexuality and their, you know, things that you feel uncomfortable talking about. Cause I feel as a parent, (laughs) as hard as it may be, it's like, you got to throw that shit out the window and Uh, be prepared for any, any conversation without that look of shock on your face. Like, (gasps) At this point, <laughs> no, I don't feel like there's anything I feel uncomfortable talking about. The uncomfortable part, nope. <laughs> the uncomfortable part comes from, I feel like my kids probably feel uncomfortable talking to me about right, certain things, like, yeah. you know, but I personally don't feel uncomfortable talking to them because I, I've worked really hard up to this point in my life. Well, you know, within the last handful of years to really come out of that whole shame attitude mm-hmm. and just be like sex and sexuality and having sex. It's like an all like a natural, normal part of being a human being, Yeah, you know, and that's not the message that you get when you are a Christian because I've come to that point And because I'm a grown ass woman, I feel a lot less shame and a lot less embarrassment, you know, mm-hmm. but I'm also a middle-aged woman. And so it's taken me time to get to where You're I'm middle-aged? at. middle-aged? <laughs> <laughs> so are you, baby. Ever child. But, you know, I mean, and that's the thing. That's the difference where, like, I've always felt with my mom that I could kind of just talk to her about whatever. I mean, I guess more so as an adult. You know, I've always felt like she was my mom. But, like, I've always felt on a level with her mm. where, you know, if I was like, hey, look, I want to talk like an adult right now. You know, she was, yeah. Okay. She would oblige you. Right. You there know, was nothing ever off the table. I've never had anything. No. You know, I mean, and I think that was good for me. You know, like, because um, I'm absolutely sure I made my mom really uncomfortable with uh, having an older girlfriend. and. Oh, yeah. yeah. But there was, <laughs> like, sure. literally nothing she could do about it. <laughs> you know, I'm a grown-ass man. Grown ass man. I, <laughs> I mean, why just because you can grow a, a beard. I had a job too. Okay. <laughs> Actually, I had a career. <laughs> <laughs> so, but there are so many things as a parent to a teenager and as a parent yeah. who is deconstructing and, and trying to figure out, you know, the whole religion or the spirituality. There are so many things that you don't think about that can change or that change right right? like like drinking yes the legal age of drinking is 21 but a lot of teenagers don't wait until they're 21 you know and so how do i how do i feel about that how do i navigate that now like am i coming from a worldly quote unquote perspective or coming from a a religious perspective they're two different things 
from a religion from a Mormon perspective, having a child who drinks or tries alcohol before they're twenty or at all, not even before they're twenty one. What am I right, talking it's about? Like you guys Just, don't even have soda. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, having uh, a child who tries alcohol at all, period, in their lifetime, that's such such a like, shameful You had Starbucks? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, such God. a shameful My child thing. Because that right, could yeah. keep you out of heaven. Right. That's you know? So, but now I, I like I don't. Sorry to call y'all weird. <laughs> I didn't mean it like that. I'm I doubt there are any Mormons listening to this, babe. Oh. Um, but now I feel like oh, if if my younger you know kid was to try alcohol or whatever, I would feel a lot less concerned about it. You know, right, like I would yeah, feel I like never... oh, okay, well, this is a part of being a teenager. Sometimes, <laughs> like I don't feel like I would be. And if she, I don't think she ever listens to this podcast because it's too much for her. She's too much information for her. Right. But if she is listening, that is not a license to go out and try alcohol mm-hmm. again. <laughs> again, right? I know. So many things like swearing, right? Like my kids now, like they'll swear in front of me. <laughs> like my kids are like eight and nine and they swear in front of me. <laughs> They're not eight and nine, oh first of God, all. Oh my God, but still, my kids are all, all of my kids are younger than yours and. All of them cuss. So your your son has never swore in front of you. No, but Kyle, but he's still you know, little. Yeah, he's right? yeah, he is, and you know, so there he's are still social got that, norms that right. he adheres to. He does, uh, like he was very good. But but my daughters, <laughs> I, they are no holds barred. I mean, I'm, I just let them talk, and they're just like, what the fuck? And this bitch was like, I was like, whoa. Okay. But here's the thing, though. Now that I've stepped away from religion, like it's what is the big <laughs> fucking deal it's i don't, I don't know I, it's a, you it's notice a that form I don't have the big of an deal expression of it. but before it was like oh my gosh like i remember having to have conversation after conversation with my daughter because she would listen to these spotify playlists that had all of these horrible it was about i mean horrible i say horrible but you know for an, devil stuff for well, <laughs> sex and oral sex and you know and swearing like and all this stuff that's on the radio now yeah and i would have these conversations you can't listen to this blah, blah, blah. and she was like why why you know and i'm like well because it's not good f- to be in your brain but like all the right. while I'm like, why? Yeah, why? Like, I listen to a lot of stuff. I listen to, the, you know, the chronic you, growing yeah. up in the 90s. You Do you know? feel that you being bad or you going the route that you did made you harder on your children? Oh, yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, because I didn't want them to make the same mistakes, yeah, you same. know, that I made. So, right. yeah, I was a little bit more strict than my parents were. But now it's like it's so such a dumb thing to be ashamed about swearing, right. you know. Yeah, I never, I've never understood it. You know, and I, and my thing is, is like, <clears throat> I personally feel that if your kids want to do some shit without you knowing, oh, for sure, they totally can. Yeah. So with, I always keep that in mind. I always tell my kids, I'm like, oh. <laughs> like, hey, you let me know if you're ever. Because I like I know I mean like if you're I, ever in trouble like if you uh, if you have any questions I feel like I feel that my kids wouldn't feel ashamed of like talking to me about stuff mm-hmm. you know like you know just the way I like I talk and let them talk in front of me I mean it's weird don't get me wrong you know and I try to not react yeah <laughs> you know but I you know because it's, it's I mean with you I mean Grant I don't have any friends so I'm with you. So as long as you're cool with it, I'm cool. But, you know, like 
when my kids are like cussing and everything, I'm like, is anybody else looking? I'm like a <laughs> shitty ass parent right now. <laughs> like my little nine year old, like rolling off the F word, <laughs> you know, at the table. <laughs> Holy crap. But, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of glad that they feel comfortable enough. I think it's good when children feel comfortable enough. You and I came from an era where children should be yeah. fall in line yeah. right and and that's Speak so when spoken to yeah my... like it's just so damaging just as an individual and a person you know but that's how where we came from so we as our parenting styles like we're trying to evolve and and create a healthier environment for our kids so they don't have to go through all of the crap and stuff but we still like are figuring it out, you know? And so you have to find that balance. Like, you know, you're like, your kids swear, you know, there's no way I would swear because in front of my parents, you know, I mean, for one, they were I, like, I've never super seen religious, your adult but kids swear like my kids. <laughs> well, you know, when my son plays, you know, PS4. Oh, he's like, oh, damn. <laughs> he says, shit. <laughs> and you know what? It's funny. I, it doesn't even bother me. Like, I don't even care, which is so weird. Either. It's so far that? from where I was like two years ago, maybe a year ago. I would think, oh, my gosh. You know, like I need to re- rein my kids in. I need to rein them in. They're out of control. You know, like now I'm like, who cares? this life is about making choices and figuring out those choices you know and and just keeping them so confined and inside a box just seems so do like doing such a disservice you know (laughs) things are making such a big deal out of it's like it's not a big deal i i know and here's the thing is like i feel like my kids are i guess reaching in a way to to see where their boundaries are well to have a piece of dad (laughs) <laughs> because I mean like because you're a squarer well no but why else would they listen to like rock and stuff mm-hmm. when nobody else in their vicinity does they're trying to identify with you right. they're trying to have a connection and with you. yeah they're throwing out they're like Limp <laughs> Biscuit and like I mean all the stuff that I, I'm like I know all the words like 46 fucks something that's fucked up and it's just like <laughs> I mean every other word is there's a fucked up there and, a fuck, and I'm like okay and I'm like I can't uh, you're like, should I of... say something? Yeah. And Do I'm you like, ever think that or are you just like... Well, I'm like, you know... As on a parent, hand, should I be doing yeah, something? should I? But, uh, you I know, don't know. I, don't, I don't want to... I don't want to cut them right there and just like cut that tie and just be like, you shouldn't be listening to like my daughter, other, my oldest daughter is shown like ICP. And I remember being like ICP, like, wow, dude, like, whoa, that was hardcore. He put his dick in her cup. And it's like, <laughs> you know, it's just like, wow. And I was a little kid and, you know, and then they're listening to it and I'm like, did you find this yeah yeah i I mean but they have their own like maybe there's influences but they choose what they like and what they don't like i don't know parenting's hard yeah (laughs) like it is hard. but i don't feel like i have the normal situation or yeah just but you have a situation that a lot of men have you know it's not uncommon but Trying to parent. Nobody get like everybody else has storybook kids, and I don't. That is not true. I don't know. I feel like everybody has. You're little... comparing to my kids who were brought up in a very strict religious household, right? So we're now we're trying to navigate how to have a happy medium. So your parents drank in front of you, and yeah. like it wasn't a big deal, and and that's how you learn moderation or whatever. Yeah, I've never seen them drunk. Well, I mean, I I have, but it wasn't like. All the time. Right. 
So, like, I grew up believing that if you drank once, like, you were going to be an alcoholic, right? Like, I never saw moderation. And I was actually talking to my son about this, you know, because he's of age, of drinking age. And I was like, you know, I feel like like Mormons are done a disservice because we are taught abstinence in everything. No Mm -hmm. drinking, no smoking. No, no caffeine, you know, no coffee, Mm, no sex until a certain, you know, like there's a lot of no's and I feel like people, Mormons would be able to live in the society a lot more healthily if, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, if we were just taught moderation, like a lot of religions, a lot of Christian religions, they accept their members drinking and having sex before although it's yeah, like it's kind of the like real a, bible yeah <laughs> <laughs> but like when you when you come from a place of you just don't do anything and then you step into like a more normalized uh you know life in mm-hmm. in the human race right. <laughs> you have to figure out the moderation and you so, have to figure out all of that stuff right. as an adult usually which is crazy and, you know, and that's where I was getting at is like, why aren't there, are there rebels in the Mormon society? Yeah, like, always. Okay. Like, yeah. Why, why aren't there more questions? Why aren't there, you, you know, know because some people have learned. I'm sorry, but that story that you told me, and like, it just Which sounds, one? all of them, <laughs> <laughs> you know, that one story, especially the collab one and <laughs> this like celestial pal, you know, I mean, after a little while. But that's stuff that a lot of people, mainstream Mormons, don't really think about because it doesn't have anything to do with, you know, my eternal salvation. I just do the stuff that they tell me to do and I'm good. You know, a lot of people don't think about the deeper stuff or the the history or whatever because it's not there's no spotlight put on it. That's yeah. kind of in the background noise. And so if you're like a mainstream average mormon like you just live the other stuff and you just you know have faith that everything's gonna work out is there something like the old testament for you guys yeah what do you mean because the old testament sounds like a bunch of bullshit well well i mean like as a mormon there's a lot of bullshit well i mean just like the whole (laughs) thing i'm like you know with the pharaoh i'm like you know why would god do that but you don't. But as a Christian in general, you don't think about that stuff. You don't think about Adam and Eve being brother and sister, basically, right? Being twins, basically. I, like, that's what I'm saying. Is like I don't I like. How do you not? You don't. Think how about do people that stuff? not think about that? Because that's all I thought about. Mm. Like when I hear these stories, I'm like, so he put one of every animal. On there? Like, yeah, I, like, like I relate with that. It's Bible science, and you're just like, yeah, I don't need to know the details. I just need to know, have faith that it happened and God handled it. Like that's how you approach those things, and Aren't you just you guys, keep like, it moving. Science in school. You also, as a Christian or as a Mormon, you look at it like, oh, they don't have all the truth. We have the truth, and the truth is, is that God created the earth. Oh, bless them. Oh, aren't they cute? Yeah. They, with their little science. I mean, I think Christians in general, that's the gymnastics that you do in order to keep believing. Like, why aren't my prayers answered this time, but they are the other time? Or why isn't there a miracle this time? You know what I mean? Like, there's just a lot of inconsistence. There's a lot of inconsistency. See if I got something. Yeah. And nothing's ever 100% all the time. And you know why? They have the get out of jail free card. Mm. Christians do. Christian leaders. It's. Well, we don't understand God's God ways. Myst- yeah, God's mysterious ways. You know, <laughs> so that's always the trump card, you know, and so Christians <laughs> buy into it. <laughs> oh, God. I'm doing the South Park Jesus thing. Yeah. <laughs> the South Park Jesus. His head. 
So one thing too, and I hate to admit this, but you know what? I'm just laying it all on the table. Something, a part of being a Mormon, like one major thing is being a parent is you don't want your kids to be masturbating, right? Like you don't want them to do that. That's awful. They're going to. They're going to turn into a masturbator, you know, <laughs> or whatever. They're not just going to be a regular bater. And you don't want them masturbator. <laughs> they're going to have a PhD in it. <laughs> and, you know, you don't want them doing things that could be dragging them down to hell, whatever, whether it's masturbation or whether it's whatever, listening to bad music or, you know, talking to a boy on the phone without you knowing. So when my kids were growing up, I wouldn't like, like uh, my daughter doesn't have, she still doesn't have a lock on her door, but that's just because I haven't gotten around to putting on it. But she has a doorknob, but she just doesn't have a lock on her door. And before, when she first moved into that room, she was like, my kids never were allowed to lock their doors. It wasn't that I taught them specifically, don't lock your door, but it was just something that, no, you know, like, I don't know. It was understood. I was leave the door open. Keep your feet on the floor, (laughs) both feet. But I'm not even talking about having someone in their room. I'm just talking about Uh, them in there by themselves. And, you know, I would knock and just walk in. I wouldn't even wait for it. You know what I mean? And and sometimes when they were younger, I wouldn't even knock. I just walk in because guess what? I'm the parent and I get to do that. Oh, and that's to keep you. The footprints came. That's to keep you on your toes also. But to make sure, you know, you shouldn't be doing anything in your room. But I mean, it wasn't like that with the bathroom. But with the bedrooms. Yeah. But but I feel like I got that message from church. I got it. I definitely got it from church as far, you know, and monitoring everything your kids do is definitely from church. If you don't, then you're not a very good parent. And that was a huge message. And now I'm like, they deserve to have privacy, especially at this age. They deserve to have, (laughs) they deserve to have a place that they feel safe, that they feel like is their own. There, there's definitely been a shift in my parenting as I've been deconstructing with what my daughter wears, you know, like the clothing that she wears. I used to, I used to feel like, You know, I had to really monitor that and blah, blah, blah. And I felt like she should feel shame if she was trying to wear something like a, a, a shirt that showed her midriff or a bikini or whatever. Oh, that was a I remember huge the thing. birthday or not the birthday, but the bathing suit thing. The bathing suit thing. Yeah. Right. I want to wear a bikini. No. Yeah. As long as it covers your stomach, mm-hmm. all of your stomach and maybe a little sp- section by your spine. We had to. And she was very adamant about it. And she really wanted a bikini. She wanted a bikini. She was. Well, how old was she? She's 13 like, I don't want to wear a onesie anymore. 14. Yeah. And it was getting harder and harder to find one pieces. Yeah. It for was. <laughs> <laughs> I remember you looking in there. There was nothing. It was just bra and panties. Right. To swim in. And now <laughs> I'm like, you know what, girl? Where? What makes you feel good about your body? Like literally, literally, if if you feel good in it, I think you should wear it. Like I, I don't I think that men or social norms should tell women what they should feel good in. Seriously. It's I'm not about saying. anyone else. That it's thong, about thong, thong, thong. It's about yourself. Unless you wear a forty two. Then maybe you should. You need to stop. <laughs> Moving see on. see me in a thong. <laughs> <laughs> Moving. Okay, so I watched this show on Netflix, and that is kind of what sparked this conversation. I have put together this kind of conversation because it's something that's been on my mind about parenting older children as you're deconstructing and stuff. Um, but then I saw this this show. It's called The Principles of Pleasure, which... Uh-huh. 
makes me think of me Janet that. Jackson. Yeah, <laughs> anyway, didn't listen. To the Janet Pleasure Principle, that. Janet Jackson song. I never heard that. Um, it's on Netflix, and so there was just episode one as I was watching it. Really, just made me think about a few things, not just as a society, but also as a woman who is deconstructing religion and Christianity and all this um, brainwashing, basically, mm-hmm. that I've been um, subjected to. And I told my daughter, she's a teenager, six, she's 16, I said, you know what, you should really watch this because <laughs> I don't feel like I've done a very good job teaching you anything about your own sexuality or your own body because I wasn't, like, I was just so underprepared you know and um and I don't feel like I've taught either of my kids really like how to be in the world in a normal in a quote unquote normal way you know outside of Christianity um and so I was like you really you really should watch this so I learned quite a bit and it brought up some things for me that maybe that I hadn't thought about before as far as what the world and society tells women about their sexuality. So, okay, so this is what I realized. Okay. <laughs> I realized, okay, so uh, in the 1960s, the pill, it wasn't until the 1960s that the pill was developed. I mean, that's how slow uh, our science, science is, right? 1960s, okay? That's not very long ago. Um, so then, obviously, there was this sexual revolution, right? Women could have sex. They could um, explore their sexuality <laughs> without, the you know. Depressions of babies. Y- exactly. So it opened up this whole new door, decline right? Decline in human nature and decline in births. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. So in the 80s, um, there were more, in the 70s and 80s, there were more female sex scientists. And and do you remember Dr. Ruth? Yes, I do. Okay, right? She was big in the 80s. And I remember it was kind of a joke because, oh my gosh. She, she would talk about sex. Yeah, and who sex does is that? very good. And you for women like especially. Fellatio is amazing. <laughs> like it's, it wasn't, it was unheard of. She was like a pioneer yeah. in this situation. But in the 80s, I mean, that was not that long ago. So we're as far the 1900s. as 1900s sexuality goes, like we're kind of behind, you know. Or maybe this is the the natural progression of of um, evolution, but like we aren't that advanced, especially not in women's sexuality, because. So this we're is what I'm thinking. Religion. So, exactly, but okay. So the the word hysteria. Mm. Is a Greek word for uterus. That was like a Death Leopard <laughs> album, I believe. It was hysteria. <laughs> uterus. Hysteria. Like, that's how. I would have never have guessed that. That's hysteria how. with the uterus. That's how. I had that album. Men looked at women's sexuality. Okay, like as hysteria. Well, this must be the cause for why they're so emotional and why they're like there's so many misconceptions, right, about hormones and women's sexuality. And um, way back when hysteria was like, oh, you know, women, they just they can't they're not in control. Right. It was very much associated with women. Rocket. Yeah. Staying alive. Okay, so according to 
I don't know. There's a couple of websites. I'm just going to pick one. But they all say this basically the same thing. This one is medium.com. Hysteria comes from the Greek root hysteria, meaning uterus. So they were talking about masturbation and women's sexuality and, and men's sexuality or boys, right? Boys and girls sexuality. But it's a lot more accepted for men or boys to masturbate and to be in tune with their sexuality more so than, than girls and women, right? Girls are not supposed to be that sexual. They're not supposed to, yeah, you know, okay, be that. All the about guys jacking off into pies and shit. Yeah. <laughs> right. So then I started thinking, like, where do where does this idea come from? It comes from religion, a lot of it. But also there's conservative uh, society who has come up historically with the religious rules and who has come up historically with societal rules like religion kind of kind of bases. And who makes those? Them, but who makes those rules? The people who read the Bible, which is your church leaders, who are women. <laughs> They're men. There are men. <laughs> yeah. Always <laughs> men. Right. Society is run by men True. historically and presently. I would say a lot yes. of it is men. Religion. It's men. getting better, though. <laughs> men. Historically, it's been men. Yes. So men, let's just say it's safe to say Men have been telling women, do not masturbate. Do not get in touch with your sexuality. Why is that? Why? I have never. I'm always encouraging I, I'm just shit. speaking like, in on, girl, like, generalizations. Okay. I'm the one that taught you how to masturbate. <laughs> Here's the thing. <laughs> if men teach women, let's say men, religious men, whatever, men in power who make the rules for his, you know, mm -hmm. society, they say women shouldn't masturbate. Women should wait till they get married to explore their sexuality because they need a man to explore that. They need a man to make them feel good. They need a man to help them explore their sexuality. Who makes those rules? Men make those rules. You need us. You need men to <laughs> be sexual. And so we get these ideas. We get these these uh, brain, this brainwashing, right? That mm -hmm. that we need to wait and we need men's help. And so I just kept thinking, okay, so it's kind of like understood. Boys masturbate, whatever. Girls shouldn't. That's something that you you shouldn't do, right? Like your virginity, your virtue, it's prized above everything else. I mean, I know in the Bible it says something about mm -hmm. a woman, a virtuous woman is, you know, more uh, valuable than jewels or some sh stupid shit like that. <laughs> right? Right? <laughs> and, and so I was like, that's because men don't want to be obsolete. Not especially when it comes to sex. Why do you look like that? Uh, I'm wrapping my head around it. Keep talking. <laughs> <laughs> because they don't want to be left out of the equation. <laughs> I like to be included with the women. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> you know, and that's the thing is like, it's, it's all religion. Like when you find, when you bury and you dig to the root of all of this, it all, all the ancient people were ruled by religious, religious figures. They weren't allowed, kings weren't allowed to make decisions without their religious council. You know, it all bases back down to control, uh, you know, which is, yeah, it's by men. But, you know, I mean, it's like, but it's still in rule. It's still 
out there, men are still a part of the church in a huge way. So <laughs> like men are going to have to change and men are going to have to evolve to mm-hmm. that point, mm-hmm. you know? And I don't know. I, I think, don't know that I could ever see religion evolving to a significant no. No, amount, it, but no, I don't know. I mean, you don't know, no, because they're the, even the Vatican has changed their stand. Right. On, but to a significant, it's, 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 it's not going to be significant and it's only significant over time. Period. They make small changes here and there, you know, because there it's getting harder and harder and harder in this world to prove the bullshit anymore mm. of why why women can't hold counsel in the Catholic Church. Um, well, because they're inferior. Oh, we can't say that um, because they're uh, you know there's so many things that you can't they they're forcing change upon the church. Well, I feel like in order Catholics, to give way for they're they're way more open to changing than. Mormons, but they've been around for so long. They have to evolve. There was a time when you couldn't do anything without the church's permission. Period. You couldn't even write songs without that. You know, <laughs> like that. That was that was the way they they've loosened their grip because they've lost a lot of ground. Mm-hmm. They've lost a lot of say. They don't have. You know, they don't have particular say like, you know, look at the Pope and the Vatican. Like, you know, now it's just like how the king and queen of England are. They're just figures. They're not making the decisions for the world anymore. Who's making the decisions? People? Politicians and men. You know, but it's still based upon religious core values. Oh, do you swear by oath? You make an oath to God for every country that you're in. You know? But look at but the Catholic Church. They have female priests now right now after how many hundreds and right. hundreds but and thousands I mean, it, of years it is uh, <laughs> like it is something that happened it has it, happened I, but it I is just a, I, I'm, I bring that up because i don't think that i could ever see the mormon church allowing women the priesthood i just you know i mean i, you, I uh you know i guarantee like then they're gonna lose maybe a hundred years from now but see maybe. even then you know i mean it's like you know but they gotta they're, gotta, they're hoping that the second coming comes already yeah by and, but it, that's the thing is like it's, it's not gonna come so <laughs> they're gonna have to change is the thing is like they're gonna have to and you know it's so like 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 i said the the religions that have been around for like so long have had to change because to, to stay relevant. Yeah. Because, yeah, because everything is changing, you know, and Mormon is, is very, very new. Still. Yeah, that's true. That's and true. it's the, the way it's run is very trying to be the opposite of it. You know, it's like the kid that tries too hard <laughs> to be something they're not, you know, they, they want to be considered a religion, but they're trying so hard and it's just, I mean, they are a religion. I mean, it, yeah. I mean, so are cults. In, yeah. They're very culty, you so. know. <laughs> so it's like, you know, like, but I mean, you got to understand. It's like, you know, everybody who finds out about as much as I have, at least, you know, and then when they reiterate that back to you, it, it sounds fucking ridiculous. Yeah. Like to the most of the world. I know. It's freaking ridiculous it sounds silly so this first episode of the principles of pleasure on netflix i found out a lot of interesting things like female anatomy right like they break down the female anatomy because it wasn't even 
until recently, like in the last hundred years, I want to say, where somebody actually, ma- maybe not less than a hundred years, somebody actually mapped out a clitoris after how long, how long have we had scientists, how long have we known about all the parts of the penis, right? That's so important because men were scientists, relatively speaking, you know, way back when. So there's a Wait, lot. When was this? Oh, gosh. Uh, I want to say it wasn't until 19 something like it was fairly recent, you Uh know, back in the 1700s, they they made a note that, yes, women have the these, you know, pleasure organs or whatever. Uh, You know, here's the clitoris. And then they were like, it's so tiny. You know, it's not important. And they left it out of the medical books for like centuries. <laughs> and then a female scientist was like, you know what? I think there's more here. I'm going to go ahead. Right, I'm going right. to map this whole thing out. And it come to find out that the clitoris is a lot larger, right, than, than any than they had previously thought. You know, it's just that only a small part of it is exposed. Right. And one. Uh, is it? Yeah. Ew. Yeah. It is a giant penis then, isn't it? Well, so here's the thing. Uh. One of the scientists on this show was talking about how when um, the f- when fetuses reach a certain age, like they are exactly the same. And then they get to a point in development where you either develop a penis or you develop a oh. vagina, <laughs> right? But they all start out the same. And so right. she was saying like the, the seam on the penis, right, was where... If things, if hormones would have been a little bit different, they would have split. That seam would have split into labia, right? Instead oh, of so my penis is fusing like lips, yeah, into all in one a penis. What? So the basic structure she was saying is basically the same. And they were talking about like uh, for females using a mirror, looking down there, right. being familiar, I know, right? I'm with very familiar. Oh my god, uh. <laughs> be familiar with your body. Don't be ashamed to become familiar with it. Know where things are. You know, like there's no shame in knowing about your body. Not only from a healthy sexual standpoint, but also from a healthy physical standpoint. Like if you are familiar with your your reproductive organs internally, externally, you'll know is something different. This I might need to see my doctor. Why mm. is there, you know, this here or that wasn't there before? You do know what my I mean? Penis so huge. <laughs> I think I need to see a like these are healthy things, but they come with so much stigma because societally and religiously we're taught that on women. We're taught what? I blame that on women. We're taught like don't worry about that. You know, don't worry about that stuff. That's for you know for later. That's for to pleasure your husband or moms doing that to daughters. What? What are you saying? (laughs) Not. It's the way you guys were raised, and you're raising your daughters the same way. I'm gonna edit all that out. (laughs) I know. Okay, so in the show, they were talking about sex toys Mm. and how they're healthy and how they are tools. So long as you clean them. They'll stay healthy. <laughs> Edit that out. <laughs> How their tools in helping each person become familiar with what feels good, what doesn't. You know, how your body works because everybody's body is different. And I told you I learned there's no G spot. There's uh, no I hit that mythical spot all the time. Will you shut up? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> there's Jeez, uh, hose down. You motherfuckers bounce to There's this. no mythical G spot. Like it's not a real thing. So this is what I learned. And I am a middle aged woman. What, all right, so like how 
how accurate is this show versus you know what I mean like there are scientists okay on there, all right right yeah like, I, not I, just... I, I haven't seen it so I'm like right you know is it just like a Netflix show where there there is no G spot I don't no. feel like okay, there's a so G spot there's me, a flat Earth too let me explain okay right. so. Um, in the vagina, there's no particular like G spot. I know that's like kind of a myth, right? Like, okay. oh, if you hit this spot, then that's the orgasm spot. So what it is is, and I wrote this down. So let me, let me say. Okay, so she, the scientist, right, was saying, a quarter to a third of women have orgasm, vaginal orgasms from penetration, mm-hmm. and then the rest don't okay because everybody's vagina and everybody's everything sexual organs every yes, female tell me how to please sexual <laughs> organs they're vagina. different so here's the thing the thing the majority of the women experience when they have a, a, a an orgasm through penetration is because the clitoris is being stimulated internally so when i said the clitoris is a lot bigger mm-hmm. than what people thought or believed or whatever it's a lot bigger and if you look up like just google it on diagrams or whatever it's it's uh (laughs) it's like wings it has wings right and those wings are hidden they're like inside they're behind (laughs) right you don't see them (laughs) i don't even know if this is relevant but I just thought it fascinating because you don't learn this stuff, right? Like I had no idea I was learning all this stuff as I was watching this show as a 45-year-old woman. So when women are sexually aroused or they have uh, an orgasm through vaginal penetration, yeah, it is in general, it's because the, the, the clitoris is being stimulated internally and just not externally. So that's why a lot of women don't have um, orgasms through vaginal penetration. So one last thing I just want to touch on um, before we wrap it up is... Are you out of the same hole? Oh, my God. Just kidding. All right. (laughs) (laughs) One last thing I want to talk about before we wrap it up is... Like, so the whole women, (laughs) and this is a quote from from the video, right? Women have a cornucopia of potential to have orgasms. Like, you know, men, I think their sexual organs are just a little bit simpler, but women, they can have orgasms through different types of stimulation. So it could be the clitoris, or it could be vaginal, or it could be anal. (laughs) So there's like several different areas the thing i want to point out is that we're not taught any of this stuff in general you know what i mean and we're just left to kind of figure this stuff out which i think is such a disservice to women and men because in this life like we are able to experience pleasure for a reason we're created to be happy and we're created to feel like the 60s you know have wonderful food and enjoy smells and you know like see art with our eye like all of our senses right are programmed to experience um and enjoy pleasure so I feel like sexuality is just one of those things. <laughs> so like so many other parents who probably are trying to figure out how to parent their teenagers or their college students or whatever, you know, and help them navigate something that we growing up in a very strict Mormon household have no experience 
it's important to have these conversations because, you know, deconstructing and trying to figure out what kind of parent you are. After going through deconstructing your own religion, you know, you try to figure out where the boundaries are. You try to figure out, like, what's good from this or is there anything good from this, you know, religion? And how can I help my child navigate these very real questions they have and very real like experiences that they're going to have in in a in a helpful way and not just in a well we don't have sex you know that's not helpful to anyone that's not helpful to anyone you know and it's not practical and even before I started deconstructing I felt like you know because I knew from my experience some kids have sex before they get married so for those kids right we need to i i need to provide if my kids are going to be those kids i need to provide them some practical advice you know and not just don't have sex because i can do more damage than good so i still feel like i am not prepared to help my children get through this period in their lives. I mean, I'm trying. I don't think I am either. I'm trying, right? And I'm trying to take the stigma away. But I just feel like I went through my teenage years and my high school or my college years stumbling and falling and trial and error. Like, I don't feel like I went through any of that fate, any of those phases gracefully (laughs) at all. And I want my kids to have a better experience you know than i had they're going to experience whatever they're going to experience you just have to be there for them rather than try to guide it for them i think but like i mean they i mean if they come to me and they're like hey i'm experiencing seeing like i want to be able to give them valuable information that isn't like well i don't know i just figured it out like i just stumbled along like that's all i feel like i have to offer i don't know you know um i I don't want to be like hey i figured it out you can too you know Uh, no i mean (laughs) yeah you're beyond that though i mean you're way better than that um but you know i mean granted you are at this new phase a new outlook in life so you know, looking at it in that perspective where you're like coming out, you know, I mean, I, I feel like your children are only going to be so open because they've been so constricted. Right. They're not going to be they're like, gonna, oh, yeah, they're going to be you wide everything. open. Yeah. I, you know, I mean, I'm still, you know, but that that's something that, you know, I mean, it's the same thing. It's just going to it's time. It's just you've changed and it's they they have to have time to accept that you've changed and grow that i mean and that's the same thing like with society is like it's changing even though it's a slow process i mean it's like you got to convince millions of men to think and but i think it's i think it's in the works (laughs) you know right now with the way that manhead is going they're very open to a lot of things Mm. you know and i feel like it's going to get better some 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 i think it's slow yeah i mean it's it's slow it takes a long time Mm. a long you know to heal I think bottom line, the one thing that really stood out to me was with this conversation was even if it's awkward, have the conversation like that's not even a thing. Do you know what I mean? Like it's it's not even a thing. It's something that can so can be so overcome. Right. 
have the awkward conversations. It's okay. You're not going to die from an awkward conversation. You might die from an STD. You might, you know, your life might take a completely different turn if you end up being pregnant or whatever, Mm -hmm. right? Have the conversations. It's okay. It's not going to kill you. You know, Uh, a discomfort might happen, but that's okay. Like, it's not a big deal. You know, in the grand scheme of things. And I think we need to normalize having these conversations with our kids. Like, I feel like a lot of things could be better, could improve if we took away the stigma Mm -hmm. of our sexuality. We all are sexual beings. We just are. That's how we're made. And we just approach it that way. Like, this is just a normal part. Like, I'm going to teach you how to brush your teeth. And I'm also going to teach you about your sexuality. Because these two things are very normal. But yeah, so that's it for us. We're going to wrap it up. Safe sex, no STDs, no babies. Mm-hmm. Unless that's what you want. You want an STD or a baby? Yeah, go, go <laughs> Not get in it. that order. <laughs> Necessarily. Yeah, stay away from the STDs. And gross. open communication. Not to Don't call forget you gross that. if you have one. I'm just saying it's uncomfortable. How do you know from experience? No, I mean, I'm just assuming that it would be kind of an uncomfortable situation. (laughs) Thanks for hanging out with us. Uh, Don't forget to check out Instagram at rrouting2021. Send us an email. We'll be very excited. Our listeners don't send emails. (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) Nobody's got some complaints about me yet. If you'd like to send us an email, send it to rrouting2021 at gmail.com. And we will see you next week. Bye. You didn't say it. You always say it. Bye-bye, Onara. <laughs> Bye. Bye.